<laughs> Welcome back to Zack Spectacularathon. Shoot Zack Spectacularathon. Oh, 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 no, oh. Oh, no, indeed. Speaking of oh, no, here are a couple of warnings for this episode. It will contain spoilers of the 1986 film Little Shop of Horrors. It will also contain explicit language and talk of blood, death, and gore. If you're not suited to listen to those topics, I highly recommend hopping off now. If you have not seen the film, I somewhat recommend it, but you don't really have to watch it to listen to this. And yeah, I think that's that's all the warnings I've got for you today. Hey, all you horror film fanatics. Welcome to another episode of Zack's Spooktacularathon. Before we get started, I just put up this meal in my Instant Pot that I'm fairly new to using. So if you hear a loud boom or anything of the sort, or maybe some weird beeping noises, it's probably that. If you hear a loud boom and I stop talking after that, that might be some uh, something to be concerned about. I filled it slightly over the max line, which I have not done before, but I mean like less than an inch over the max line, so I think it will be fine, but it took a long time to heat up. I'm so excited to eat what's in there. I'm making some beef bourguignon, but also terrified that that thing might explode or something while I'm recording this. So just just something to be wary of. If you hear any weird noises, it's that. It's not me doing things while recording this. Today, we're going to talk about Little Shop of Horrors, Bob Shubop. Um, This is a film that came out in 1986, directed by Frank Oz, the master of puppetry. And we're just going to go ahead with a plot summary right away here. You start off this film in a shop that's owned by this guy named Mr. Mushnick. Love that name. Uh, Would not love to be named that, but love that name. And his two employees, Seymour and Audrey, are working in the shop. They are friends and talk a lot to each other. I actually don't remember what the shop sells at all. So that's something that kind of flew over my head, I guess. Maybe I'll have to research that a little bit. Seymour and Audrey have crushes on each other, but they're pretty subtle about it at first. Seymour, meanwhile, bought this plant recently that he named Audrey 2, which is kind of weird. I don't know why he named it after this other girl that works there. Uh, But he bought this plant named Audrey 2 from this exotic, like, Chinese plant shop. Talk about that a little more later. And it starts to attract customers, but very slowly. It's a pretty small plant that eats flesh and blood. Uh, But at first, Seymour just has to feed it with his finger, like pricking his finger. Um, Meanwhile, Audrey is in a relationship with this guy named Oren Scrivello, who is a dentist, played by Steve Martin. And this guy is abusive to her. He also is abusive to his patients. He has a few songs where he's just pulling people's teeth out for no reason It seems like he's a pretty corrupt dentist. Meanwhile, Seymour is falling more and more for Audrey. Audrey, too, is relying on Seymour to feed him. 
And Audrey too is getting bigger and bigger by the day and is requiring more and more food. So Seymour realizes that this Orin guy is abusing Audrey. Audrey is pretty straightforward about that. But Seymour decides that in order to satisfy Audrey too, he will go and kill the dentist and he will feed the dentist to Audrey too. So he sets up this plot where he goes into the dentist's office and he brings a gun with him. And in the office, the dentist is a big abuser of laughing gas. So the dentist decides that he needs laughing gas to help Seymour with whatever procedure Seymour wants. And so Orin the dentist puts on this mask that has laughing gas constantly being released into it. And he starts to go crazy. Once he goes crazy, Seymour pulls out the gun and is ready to kill him. But he doesn't have to do anything because the dentist passes out from too much laughing gas. He tries to get Seymour to help him take the mask off. And Seymour just kind of stands there and is like, well, I was going to kill you anyways. He no longer has to shoot the dentist. Instead, the dentist has killed himself with laughing gas. Seymour brings the dentist back to Audrey 2 and feeds Audrey 2 by chopping off the dentist's limbs and feeding it to Audrey 2. Meanwhile, Mr. Mushnik is walking outside the shop at the same time and sees this happen. So he accuses Seymour of killing the dentist. He sees him in the shadows axing off the dentist's body parts. And then Mr. Mushnik goes to confront Seymour. And Mr. Mushnik takes out the gun to shoot Seymour. But Audrey, too, is very aware of what's going on and ends up eating Mr. Mushnik by Mr. Mushnik backing up into Audrey, too. Audrey, too, continually goes crazy and starts prank calling Audrey, the girl. Uh, Seymour takes this opportunity to propose to Audrey because he realizes that the dentist is now out of the picture. But Audrey, too, prank calls Audrey over to the shop. And Seymour goes out of the shop at that time. Audrey comes over, and Audrey, too, tries to eat Audrey. There's so many Audreys, this is very hard to concentrate on. Um, but Audrey, too, attempts to eat Audrey. Seymour comes back, frees Audrey from Audrey, too. Meanwhile, Seymour is being attacked by Audrey, too, and decides to escape the shop. The shop is still attracting a lot of attention. This guy comes and he says that he wants to buy Audrey too and sell it, like cut off the small parts of the plant to have them grow everywhere in the world. And Seymour freaks out at this and tells the guy that Audrey too is not for sale. The guy eventually leaves or maybe gets eaten. I don't remember. At that point, Seymour returns to the shop and finds out that Audrey too is an alien that's trying to kill everyone. Audrey 2 traps Seymour and destroys the shop, but he electrocutes Audrey 2. And Seymour escapes. He reunites with Audrey. And they get married and they live in this house. And the last scene we see is a little Audrey 2 bud smiling. And then we hit the credits. Now, there are a couple of endings, I think, to this film. And 
I have only seen this ending, so I'm not going to talk about the other endings. But this ending, you see Audrey 2 possibly returning. So this story is wild. It makes no sense whatsoever, for the most part. And I had a lot of issues with it. It's not that scary, first of all. We'll start with that, which is fine. Maybe when it came out, it was a little scarier. Um, it is scary that there are these carnivorous plants in the world uh, that we do know are out there and kill flies a lot of the time. And I don't know, maybe a plant could eventually learn to kill humans. I mean, there are venomous plants to humans, so that's scary enough. Uh, and humans tend to like to find plants that are not good for them and eat berries. If you've seen films like, actually, no, I'm not going to say what films because those are major spoilers. So there are films that portray this. There are people that have actually died many times from eating berries that they don't know. But this idea of an alien plant coming down to earth to eat humans is very out there. Uh, something else that annoyed me a lot was Audrey, not Audrey 2, Audrey, played by Ellen Green. Her voice annoys the heck out of me. I don't know if this is on purpose. I don't know if it's a time period thing, but she so seemingly has this really annoying high-pitched voice that just at times seems kind of like they're stereotyping the pretty blonde girl. And it's too much for me. There's also a lot of forced acting in this film. There's a customer that comes in that seems so fake the whole time he's talking. He's like so interested in the conversation that it's very apparent that he is acting and he is not in this world. There's a radio DJ that goes over the top, which makes sense. Radio DJs go pretty over the top when they're talking because that's how you get um, people to listen to you, which is probably why I don't have a lot of listeners. I'm a pretty monotone person, but this radio DJ does too much in my opinion. I would never want to listen to his radio show because he would annoy the heck out of me. And then we also have Steve Martin, who I love. I love Steve Martin. He is a great actor. I don't know what he's doing in this film. He has this really weird accent that I can't place at all, and it's overacting. So overall, this whole film is just led by people that are acting way out of control. Surprisingly, Rick Moranis, in my opinion, who plays Seymour, is the best part of this film. Now, I've seen very few films with Rick Moranis, very few films that I liked with him in them, but this one... He is great in, and he has a lot of fans for this film. Um, there's also the question of where this plant comes from. This plant says it comes from outer space, which is not expanded on at all. Like, I am very curious to know where in outer space, because maybe we can find more forms of life there. I just think that there were a lot of shortcuts taken by whoever wrote this story. I don't know who wrote Little Shop of Horrors. It's a very old musical. Maybe it was a play before musical. I'm not sure. But whoever wrote this story left so many loopholes that just annoyed the heck out of me. Also, why, why is Seymour keeping this plant alive at all? Like the plant has no value to Seymour himself. Now the plant has value to Mr. Mushnick because Mr. Mushnick 
owns the store, and he gets customers because this plant exists. But this plant has no value to Seymour. I guess he cares for the well-being of the store. That makes sense. But he also has to feed this plant blood all the time. And this plant is giving, like, literally nothing in return. He's giving money to Mr. Mushnick, which in terms goes back, I guess, to Seymour. But I still don't even know what they're selling at this store and why this store is important. So there's just no reason that I would think that Seymour would continue to take care of Audrey too without killing it instantly. I also wanted to input that this is another musical. I am a big fan of musicals. Now, I've played many musical instruments in my life. Uh, my main instrument is violin. I gained an appreciation for musicals because in high school, I would play violin during school musicals. I would go see musicals with my parents, uh, very cultured in the arts. Now, last week, we watched Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I love. And one of the reasons I love that is because Meatloaf has a cameo in that film. It feels like Steve Martin was trying to be the Meatloaf in this film. And I, I cannot digest it. I could not digest Steve Martin in this film. Again, I love Steve Martin. This film is just over the top. He's just like, maybe they should have thrown meatloaf in this film. I don't know. I don't know what would make it better. But yeah, overall, not a big fan of this film. Lost story issues. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back to talk about a couple more things with the Little Shop of Horrors. I also found this film to be pretty offensive for multiple reasons. First of all, I live basically downtown in Seattle, and this film paints the worst picture I've ever seen of a downtown area. You get a couple of nice backdrops every so often. I think actually the only time I remember seeing a nice backdrop was when the dentist is on a motorcycle the rest of this film, downtown is filthy. It's full of poor people and no one wants to live downtown. This is not the downtown that I know. Now, downtown is not the cleanest because it's a very urban population, but it's also not like filled with trash everywhere. This is like downtown Gotham where this is filmed. It's gross. I do think they did a decent job of making this feel more like a play musical where they actually have a lot of like backdrops that don't look too real, but that's okay because it's a musical and it's meant to be on a stage. So it kind of brings you into that musical world. But again, I just hate the portrayal of downtown. You only live downtown if your life is a mess is what this film teaches you. And let me, let me tell you, my life is not perfect but I don't regret living downtown all the time. I've lived many other places and it actually attracted me to live in downtown Seattle. There's a huge homeless population in this film, which is understandable. There is a big homeless population and that usually con congregates downtown. But the whole movie feels like you're just on this drug trip in like a nightmare. Actually, the scariest part is outside the shop. The shop itself is not scary. 
Like, it's a little shop of one horror, and that horror is Audrey 2. Everything else in the shop, not scary. So I, maybe it should be, like, little shop inside downtown of horrors, because everything outside the shop is much scarier than what's inside the shop. Um, speaking of shops, I think that this film is pretty offensive to other races and identities as well. Seymour buys Audrey 2 from this Chinese like exotic shop named Chang's and it just seemed like a little too much stereotyping with that it just didn't it didn't feel right everyone was dressed in a certain wardrobe and it just felt very caricatured and just offensive another thing that I thought I'd bring up is dentists are portrayed pretty poorly in this film. Now, I have a dentist that I found based on reviews, and he's a pretty popular dentist, but the one thing I noticed in the reviews right away was that this dentist sings. I'm talking about my real dentist. One of the reviews I saw, or many of the reviews I saw, said that this dentist will sing to you, but it's soothing. And I was like, that's really weird. Like, I'm pretty uncomfortable with a dentist singing to me. Now, I've been to this dentist like three times now, and he is a singing dentist. It's true. But when they said the dentist sings, I thought he would just like randomly sing. He just sings along to the radio, which is fine. He's an older guy, and I'm totally cool with with singing dentists that just like to sing along to the radio. It's like someone singing in their car or like singing at work a little bit. It's more like humming, playful. It was okay. In this film, this singing dentist is full on nuts. This guy is like on laughing gas and all sorts of drugs to help him get through the day. He wants to steal everyone's teeth. My dentist, he doesn't push me to steal my teeth. In fact, I actually have all of my wisdom teeth still. And most of the dentists I've seen, I've seen like three dentists over the course of my life. All of them have said that my wisdom teeth do not need to be taken out. So this stereotype of dentists always trying to make money off of people, while it might be valid in some cases, it's a big generalization. This film is offensive to dentists. This film also, we talked about this a little bit already, but it's also pretty sexist a lot of the time. Audrey is this total stereotype of like a dumb blonde and it's it's hard to watch like I just don't enjoy watching it because it just feels like they're offense they're offending people her voice in itself it sounds fake now I don't know a lot about Ellen Green and I don't know about how this story was written but I don't think that's her real voice and if it is I'm sorry but it doesn't work for me. It sounds so fakely high. So let's take a break and we'll talk about what film we're gonna watch tomorrow. Before I talk about tomorrow's film, I did wanna say that I don't think this film is the worst film. I did just talk for like 20 minutes about how awful it is and how many things are wrong with it, but there are some great things in this film. Levi Stubbs, who voices Audrey 2, is fantastic. 
I love his song at the end and it's iconic. Um, I also think that Audrey 2 in itself is very well made and looks really cool. Uh, do I think this is a scary film? Not really. Maybe if you're a kid or maybe if you're very afraid of plants. I don't know if there's a phobia of plants. Uh, we talked about fear of the ocean last week, but I don't know if there's a fear of carnivorous plants. Yeah, overall, this film's okay. I give it like a three out of five, maybe. It's not the worst. It's got some iconic roles and some iconic songs. Rick Moranis is fantastic. Levi Stubbs is fantastic. Overall, decent film. Not great. Um, tomorrow, we're going to watch probably the most iconic Halloween film of all time. It has a huge following. There have been many remakes. It's our franchise film for the week. That film is Halloween. It's the 1978 film. And it has maybe the most iconic horror soundtrack of all time. I think that there might be screenings of this film or used to be pre-COVID where they would play a live soundtrack to it. But Halloween, from what I remember, is a fun film and a scary film. And I'm ready for another scary film because Little Shop of Horrors didn't quite do it for me. So we're going to get into the Halloween franchise, and we'll talk about that tomorrow. Right now, what I'm going to go do is check on my Instant Pot. Um, I did want to bring up one other thing with Instant Pots, and that's that I don't understand how Instant Pot has made my life easier. Instant Pot is supposed to be something that you throw things in, you set it, and you forget it. Every recipe I've done so far has taken like an hour of prep time and you have to like saute the food first. I'm just not, I'm not happy with it, but I'll be happy once, once the food is out because I've waited like two hours to eat what I'm about to eat and I'm going to go watch Halloween and I'll talk about it right after. I'll see y'all tomorrow.